Welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, your uh, editor of the magazine. Uh, I'm here today with uh, Kat from Distant Whispers. Hi, Kat. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, surprisingly so. It's a uh, nice few sunny days happening, which is always great. And we've obviously just published our book. Lovely, yeah. It's, um, it's quite a good book as well. Shall we start with um, you introducing yourself? Who are you and what's your involvement? So I'm Kat Wellsford, uh, and I'm one of the writers and I'm one of the marketing people for Dissonant Whispers, which is a project done by the Whisper Collective. Uh, Dissonant Whispers is a collection of adventures for a bunch of RPG systems um, that was started around 12 days ago now. So we went from initial idea to launch in uh, a little bit under 10 days. The book is raising money for uh, Black Lives Matter bail funds, uh, which is a cause which is obviously right now very important and we've just as of this morning raised 12 25 rather thousand dollars for uh bail funds which is pretty fantastic and that's yeah that's pretty good uh considering um it came out yesterday yesterday yes <laughs> so i think i think we're doing we're doing quite well on that um definitely yeah, so yes there's i mean uh shall we start with um who's in it there's some quite big names in there there's a few big names. Um, so we're really lucky. Uh, every single writer is really important. We're really thankful for all of the writing they've done. We're incredibly thankful for all of the art, for the proofreading, for the editing. Every single person who has worked on this project has made it a reality. Like 10 days is a short time. Uh, we're incredibly thankful to um, people like Chris McDowell and Luke Gearing, who have made fantastic adventures like you look at some of these adventures in here every single one is good but there's somewhere you're just like this is very much a, a adventure written by luke gearing it's got everything about it's got everything about him kind of featured on it we've also got we've had uh, fantastic uh, artists like evelyn evelyn monroe and we've had the wonderful cover made by uh, jabrai weathers uh who is genuinely one of the greatest artists I've ever had the luxury of working with um they're fantastic on all of the things that they do but yeah we've got so many names um we've got full page of credits it's yeah. just filled with everybody just fantastic writers fantastic artists photographers it's amazing no it's, it's um it's really nice and it's a really nice looking um book as well it, it, it's got a um it, almost every page is different in its own way and it's its own contained world and um it's, it's dizzying almost the amount of different places you kind of go uh, in, in this book uh, i'm i'm most pleased because i've got another morkborg adventure to play i think i think you've actually got six little uh, morkborg adventures to go through um we're really lucky that we actually had uh morkborg uh, amazing support from their team uh same with mothership as well we've had uh, a lot of really good support from a lot of mothership writers um, they're two systems which personally I had seen a lot of, but never had the kind of luxury to work on. Mm. So um, yeah, I mean, Mother, Mothership is the uh, the alien RPG before the alien RPG. I think that's right, isn't it? That's um, how yeah. pe- that's how people used. To, you know, if you wanted to play an alien RPG before um, uh, Free League and um, uh, brought out the alien RPG, which is excellent, um, uh, that was that was the way to do it. Uh, to play Mothership. Um, so yeah, there's I mean there's there's big names in here. There's uh, there's lots of cool stuff. Uh, I think Johan uh, did um, a lot of the uh, layout design and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, so it's um, anyone familiar with Morkborg uh, will be uh, very pleased uh, as I am. Um, but yeah, personal things aside, um, you know why why are we raising this money? 
Um, so obviously, recently with the Black Lives Matter protests in the USA, um, there have been a lot of uh, police action, especially as the protests were against uh, a lot of police brutality, uh, all started off obviously with uh, the George Floyd um, uh, murder earlier this year. Um, it's something which has been brewing for an incredibly long time. Um, it's any anybody who's been looking into sort of like uh, equality in the USA, especially this wouldn't have come as any shock to anybody. But with the protests that have been happening, a lot of people have been arrested. Um, and with the in the USA, obviously, bail funds are incredibly expensive, uh, quite debilitating. And if you can't raise them, you can quite often miss out on jobs and work. And effectively, it's not the greatest place to be at any point. And this is the thing in the end is making sure that uh, people who uh, can't pay bail for themselves have access to bail funds to be able to get out of jail. There is a high amount of active discrimination against people who are uh, more on the lower income side. Um, and a lot of those people would never be able to afford bail funds without support from external parties, uh, which can prove a detriment to the want to protest. If you potentially could lose your livelihood from protesting, then you don't have the opportunity to protest effectively. And this is why we started this in the first place. It was a uh, one guy basically said, I want to do something to try and help. I don't have loads of money. I don't have loads of time, but I do have the ability to rally groups together and sort everything out. And from that, it kind of all jumped off. I think within 24 hours, we had a Discord server. Um, people were starting to write, people were starting to draw. I think we had our first uh, fully finished layout within 48 hours of the first um, kind of call to action of, hey, let's make an RPG book. Let's do what we do best. And then let's sell it to try and raise money because making something can often provide uh, a lot more ability to purchase. I know that um, obviously Itch and Humble Bundle have kind of done very similar things. Yes, I was about, I was about to bring that up actually. And I think um, there's a drive-through RPG bundle separately as well. Yes. Um, which I think I think it's interesting because it's um, now there's like five different ways to get Troika for um, five dollars. Uh, you know, or whenever you decide to uh, donate. Um, but now with this, you uh, also have extra adventures for it. Exactly, and it's it's one of those things where everybody is kind of pulling together, doing what they can. Not everybody has thousands of dollars they can donate, but some people have time, some people have energy, some people have artwork. Uh, we're incredibly lucky to have had uh, some fantastic artists donate their time, uh, which would normally, they'd have got thousands upon thousands of pounds for it. Um, and so it's about making sure that we move the assets that we do have, whether it be our creative spirit or our skills, and put that into stuff where we can give it to other people so they can help donate money. Um, it's kind of a nice nice circle. And obviously it's something which uh, other parts of the gaming industry have done. I know that video games have been doing a lot of donations. I know that uh, there's been a lot of uh, itch where they had all of their, their, their big bundle filled with games. Um, and it's so many ways of getting money to the right bail funds, to the right people without giving income that's above what you can do and that's what it's all about in the end is making sure that we can get money to people in the right places to help them at the right time i think mentioning the artists there it is particularly worth mentioning like how, i never said it already but how good it looks um and i think you also mentioned uh, cartographers especially the number of very small very interesting maps uh in, the, <laughs> in yes the, are 
um, just fabulous. You just um, any, anyone who's uh, sort of map curious uh, will be will be uh, absolutely over the moon here. Yeah, I think one of my I, I one of the maps that I stood out to me is one that's designed a bit like a scorpion, and it's just fantastic to see this kind of creation come out of people within 24 hours like they see an idea and they go right I'm making a map for that or I'm making this art for it and it's just beautiful and as I'm traditionally a D&D player and I'm sorry in advance uh but <laughs> no one no D&D's good we like we D&D's like D&D's great we like D&D. I love D&D. <laughs> but as someone who really loves a nice map like I really love a solid map to send my players around. It's one of my favorite things to look at. I was incredibly lucky uh, to get a wonderful map uh, made for my adventure. Um, and just looking through this, I've just taken most of the maps and just gone, right, which adventure am I going to use these in? Uh, and that's the great thing about this book is that it's not just, although there are obviously every single adventure is kind of self-contained, there's so many resources. I know that I've already stolen uh, one of the maps, the maze of the Manic Molemen. It's this beautiful map, and I'm never going to be able to run it in any way, shape, or form, but the map I can definitely pull out and use in a different adventure, or I can use some of the random tables or some of the explanations, some of the puzzles. Uh, There's so many system agnostic puzzles in this book um, that you can just pull out and put into whatever system you feel most comfortable playing in. Um, It's one of my favourite things about it. I think now would be a good time for us to go through your top five uh, and these are the official top five best ones, aren't they? And, they, uh... <laughs> they are not. Um, I, <laughs> I am very biased. Uh, everybody has their own top favourite. There's a handful of them where I'm like, I can totally see myself running them straight off the bat. Um, there's a handful of them where I'm like, I think I need to look at this a bit more or possibly bring in some extra things. Um, there's some beautiful uh, dungeons where it's like, I want to run this but it's written for Mothership and I need to go and build it for Mothership, I feel, mm-hmm. uh, to really give it the grace I want to give it. Um, but yes, this isn't a definitive list. This is just some of the ones no. that I personally like. So I mean, yeah, be very, very cool here. So this, is, this is Kat's um, top five games in the book that she quite likes. Um, so would, would you like to start us off at, at number one or five? I'm going to do this in any random order because if you ask me to pick one i'm just going to hand you the book and just say (laughs) look this is my favorite adventure and i'm counting it as that um one of my favorite adventures is the urban double page dungeon without words um it's literally just a beautiful beautiful drawing it has no words written on it whatsoever but it's just got this beautiful double page spread that just inspires a story out of it I've already planned on how I'm going to use this in one of my campaigns. It's just got, it's got like a big Ben tipping over that appears to have like Tetris blocks coming out the bottom. It's got this beautiful map at the bottom um, that I'm going to use as kind of a maze. It's got all these wonderful landmarks and kind of, it inspires you to a story uh, in a, how I see it is kind of a steampunk-esque story, maybe something set in a pseudo 1920s world. um, And it, absolutely it's just it's one of the things where it's entirely so different from everything else in the book that it just has to be one of my favorites um just because it it inspires me it brings out that inspiration within um i think number two and again this is not in any order particularly um 
would have to be uh, the 10,000 Alligator Hell. Yes. Um, <laughs> See, I, I was hoping you are going to pick that one. For anyone that hasn't seen this, uh, this is one by the uh, fantastic... Um, it's by Luke Gearing. Um, uh, fantastic. It's got like a... It looks like something which you got in a magazine 30 years ago that someone copy and pasted and it's um everyone just scribbled over and added to it it just feels like such a wonderful inspiration to start off stories Mm -hmm. um and it just feels like the sort of thing where all i want to do is just have a bunch of friends over once obviously lockdown is over and it's safe to not socially isolate and just play this over a couple of beers and nice cup of tea and just have an absolutely wonderful evening just romping through uh, a lot of alligators. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is more alligators than most adventures have. I think. I feel like it has. I, I believe I, I'm doing the maths correctly here, but I feel like it has 400 times the number of average alligators in a <laughs> average alligator game. Um, <laughs> Very good. Uh, so number three, not number in order. Three, not in order, obviously. Um, I feel like I have to uh, go for. Uh, I'm, this one's entirely biased. I helped write a little bit of this, so it is one of my favourites. Um, but it is the Indigo Tendrils of the Zomp Machine. Um, now, I'm I'm a little bit responsible for this, so I'd be biased if I didn't include it. Mm. The other one I wrote, I'm not including because I love it, but I feel like that's too much. But um, it's so ridiculous. And it's it's got a D17 table for some reason. And as far as I could tell, the only reason why it was a D17 table was because we started off writing a D20 table, couldn't get to D20, and just went, ah, most people have online dice rollers. <laughs> um, it's just one of the most fantastic stories. It's based on, as an extension from another story in this book, um, where you're going to uh, the sleeving factory, which is kind of a cloning type um, factory, and there's a bunch of people being cloned um, and I feel that's all I can say without spoiling too much of it but it's it's genuinely one of the best things I've I've shown this to one of my uh players in my current uh, D&D group and they were just like can we just stop D&D and play this for a little bit um which for the D&D players that I have is a big big ask yeah I think I mean a lot of these are um I mean they're all deeply distracting aren't they um they're, because they're all sort of um they could be part of a campaign. You could easily make it as part of uh, an adventure in a campaign, but a lot of them you can play kind of as single one shots, uh, and just an evening's game, and, and that sort of thing. I think I think the um, the first uh, adventure in the book is very much like that. Whose name I've forgotten momentarily, but I believe it's something to do with um, a herd of beautiful ponies running through a field. A herd of beautiful wild ponies running free across the plains. That's the one. Um, it is a way to start the entire book um it is definitely a way to start the book it's it's very good fun uh it i really like how it's come together it was one of the projects where i saw a lot of it happen Mm. um and it is beautiful and it's fantastic but it's just so weird (laughs) and i love it but i don't know who i would run this with and yeah it's it's fantastic um I think my number four has to be, I'm really sorry, but I had to put a D&D one in here. And Dungeon of the Dancing Grasses has got to be, it's just, it feels so nice. It feels so competent. It feels like a nice 
fully rounded adventure that you could just throw at a bunch of level one players and it gives them the perfect understanding of how to play a role-playing game. It includes a little bit of combat, a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of treasures and traps. And it feels like a very good starting point for someone that goes, I want to play a little bit of RPGs. And it just it's it's just so simplistic. And obviously it's just got a random uh, potion that just makes you dance really well, uh, which I always <laughs> love in a good game. That's no, good. Nice, nice little bit of flavour there. I like that. I like that a lot. Definitely. Um, and I think, honestly, my, my, it's my favourite, but it's one that when I first saw this, I went, this is just fantastic. Um, I'm, as, as I've said, like, I, I love every single one of these. Um, but I think the, the maze of the manic Mormon, I think I mentioned it earlier is, it's gotta be one of my favourites. It was one of the first things we put out and it's just so beautifully designed. It's so content rich you get i would happily have paid for this adventure just by itself it's just such a fantastic um content dump there's so much information and just it's really well put together as well like it feels like the sort of thing where you can just look at some of these adventures you kind of go i really want to run this but it's going to take me a second to like read through it this just feels like the sort of thing you could pick up and go right Everything is so ordered. I could run this with no preparation whatsoever. And I really, I'm a big fan of adventures that I can do that with. Is, is it worth expanding on what the um, the flavour of that one is in terms of... Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so you're visiting... You're, well, I don't say visiting. Uh, it, <laughs> you basically go and uh, you're exploring the underground ruins of a long dead civilization. You need to kind of work out why this tower has awakened... Um, and I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it because there's some wonderful stories in it. You basically are just going to explore a lovely dungeon. It's beautifully arranged, beautifully organised. It's kind of got a nice 2D6 type, almost system. It, it feels very systemless, which is what we kind of want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just go and explore, have some encounters and end up uh, hopefully solving the rumour of the why the Metal Tower has awakened, if you're lucky enough. I feel like that's not spoiling too much because I don't want players to like hear stuff and then not go and play it. I think what we've done there is is one of my favourite things in in actually RPG writing, which is um, when someone just drops in a small amount of information. So just um, why why the metal tower has awoken um, is just uh, it, it tells you the story already. You know if you're going to like that or not, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, and if if it doesn't if it sounds too weird for you, that's fine. There's other dungeons in here, but uh, yeah. no, that, that's great. Literally, I've gone through some of these and I've spoken to friends of mine who play role-playing games and they've said, oh, I don't really like the sound of the ones that you like, but (laughs) this one sounds fantastic. And like, they've gone away and bought it and gone, okay, I really want to run this adventure. It's not something I personally would run, but it's just the variety. Like, you've got adventures where you're already dead and you just have to work out why. You've got adventures... Look, that's... I'm sold. Which, which yeah. one's that? Do we, that do is we... Let Them Sleep On. It's a horror one-shot uh, where you're already beyond saving. You need to work out what happened. Great. And it's just so different from, like, literally the page before, it's just like a really nice dungeon crawl. Like, head through this uh, glassmaker's house. Then you've got, you're already dead, work out why. And then you've got, here is the maze of the manic moment. <laughs> and you just need to try and work out what's happened. And they're one page after each other. It's just yeah. the variety here. 
for the cost that it is, for the fact that it's all going to charity, the fact that it's all being given to such really good causes, like I would happily, even if I hadn't worked on this, I would happily be buying it. So where can we get it? So currently you can buy it on drivethroughrpg.com. Uh, we're currently on the front page, but if we stop being on the front page, uh, just search for Distant Whispers. Um, we're on Tuesday Night Games itch.io. Uh, we are on Tuesday Night Games actual shop where you can order a physical version for North America. So uh, USA, Canada and Mexico should all be able to order from there. And if you happen to be in the EU, um, including the UK, uh, you can buy it from uh, melanesia.com. Uh, Mel- Melisonia. We'll, we'll of okay. course be putting these links in the uh, in the show description. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, they're such fantastic adventures. The money is all going, uh, aside from the physical versions, the actual cost of making the book uh, is all going to bail funds. It's specifically going to the uh, National Bail Fund Network, which mm-hmm. uh, distributes money to local bail funds. Um, to make sure the money goes really where it's needed to the right people at the right time. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think actually that's worth um, that's worth pointing out to people that uh, if they were if they wanted to just donate, they, if for some reason they didn't want to donate by getting this wonderful PDF, um, donating to a, a larger networked um, bail fund organisation is slightly better because the way that charity um, stuff works in the US means that uh, some of these funds, if you, you know, the Minnesota Bail Fund has so much money, but because you have to use um, that money for uh, what it was given for as a charity, um, they've got to, they're not enough. I guess there's not enough people to bail possibly at this point um, for how much they've got twenty five million dollars or something. Um, so they're they're having a trouble trouble of um, now contacting everyone and then having to re- reassign the money. Um, so yeah. going going through to one of the big networks is really good. Yeah, and as well as that, you can also donate to local groups. Um, there's ones outside the US um, and obviously as well support all of your local uh, creators, support all of your local teams. If you can protest, it's always useful. If you can't, supporting uh, with money and stuff like this is always fantastic. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can all make a little bit of a difference and make the world a little bit of a better place. Thank you, Kat. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say or that you'd like to plug? Honestly, um, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're putting updates. We've just had some fantastic reviews from a few places. Um, if you happen to stream this, we'd love to hear about it. I know that all the creators are so excited to see their works uh, being run by people. So if you happen to stream it, we'd love to get a link. Thank you. That's fabulous. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is by Body in the Thames, which you can find at bodyinthetems.bandcamp.com. You can find us on tabletopgaming.co.uk and follow us on Twitter at tabletopmag, on Facebook at tabletopgamingmagazine, on Instagram at tabletop underscore gaming underscore magazine, and we've just launched a Twitch channel. You can find us there on twitch.tv forward slash tabletopgamingmag. If you like the show, recommend it to a friend, rate us in the iTunes store, or subscribe to the magazine, which you can do on our website.